Hello friends, we're going to continue with the second part of Contemporary Halacha Chazar Shir for fall semester 2019. Uh, let's begin with the Shir by Rabbi Ezra Schwartz regarding Avodah and Christianity. There are two fundamental issues when we deal with Christianity as to determine whether or not they have the halachic definition of Avodah with all the chumras and the various mitzvahs and halachas that apply to Avodah Number one is the fact that the Christian belief is in a trinity. And there, the trinity, by definition, is that there are three parts. There's a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit, etc. So that means that there are three parts to, uh, to a God. So in that sense, if there are three, you know, if you, if you look at it as three gods, that's definitely going to be Avodah Zarah. Uh, if you look at it as what we call Shituf, well, that's something that we'll have to talk about a little bit later in this year. The second aspect that could qualify as, could render Christianity into Avodah is the fact that they believe in incarnation. Carnate means karna is flesh. Incarnate means in the flesh of. That means God became incarnate, meaning they understand that God somehow connected or became, uh, turned into or is manifest in the flesh of a human being, uh, which is their, whatever you want to call him. And that by definition, means that the, their idea of God has a physical body, and that means they're uh, worshipping something that, as a God that is not God. So even if you would, for example, as we'll see later, perhaps suggest a trinity in and of itself is only Shituf and not about Zara, if for those who suggest like that, still the fact that there is a belief in incarnation would still render Christianity to possibly be about Zara. So let's go through three Shitos as to the definition of Christianity as per is a considered Avodah So number one, the Rambam in numerous places says explicitly that Christianity is considered Avodah In the Perish HaMishnai, the Rambam writes, when he talks about uh, the holidays, uh, he says the holidays of the Notzrim, the Notzrim, and he says are the nation that believes that the Moshiach has come, and that their Sabbath is Sunday, so it's very clear, it would be pretty clear that he's talking about Christians. He says explicitly that all of their sects of this, these notes from are of the Avodah Zarah. And the Ram echoes that in other areas, in the Yad, and in Stav Yenam, and Zarah, he says that Christians are considered Avodah Zarah. And again, for two reasons. First of all, incarnation is considered Avodah Zarah, as we just mentioned. But secondly, the Ramam does assume that Shituf is considered Avodah Zarah. Shituf meaning joining other gods to the, the real god. Um, for example, in Hilchas Avodah Zarah, when the Rambam describes the history as to the development of Avodah Zarah, how it could come from Adam Harishan, who knew who knew Hashem, to a world of belief in Avodah Zarah. So the Rambam begins by saying that at first people started giving cover to the uh, Meshamshim of Hashem, like the stars and the moons, etc. And that was their way of connecting excuse me, to Hashem. And that is Avodas Kachavim, says Rama. So it seems that Shitav would definitely be Avodas Zara. Um, that's the first opinion, Shitav Saram. The opposite extreme of the Ram is the opinion of the Meiri. The Meiri was prompted by what seems to be a stira between the various Mishnayis in the beginning of Avodas Zara that limit our interactions with Avodas Avodah Zara, in fact, in, in terms of not doing business with them. Uh, at certain points, and we know that we do do business with them, and we do heal their sick, and we do all kinds of other things that seem to go against the first mission of Avodah Zarah. So Tosus on that Beisam and Aleph and Avodah Zarah suggests a number of answers how our everyday practice with Ovdei Avodah Zarah seem to uh, go against the Mishnayis, and he says that maybe there's a heter of Eva. In other words, really it should be us, but they, they were not here because, uh, because of Eva. Number two, Tosus suggests that maybe the Goyim in our time, meaning in the time of Tos, the Balitosis in the 1100s, are not devout, they're not really religious, and that's what, why we could uh, deal and interact with them. They're not the real of the Avodah of the capital AZ. And finally, Rabbi Natam says that the, perhaps that the Isra of Masav and Matan only applies to items used in actual Avodah service, you know, like a Ketores or like other, like idols, but not to other, you know, not by buying vacuum cleaners and uh, T-shirts. Um, but as another answer to that question that Tosus dealt with, the Meiri suggested an answer, and he said that the modern Christians are umos hagduros bedarke hanemusos. They are cultured, and they are bound by a coherent set of laws, and the only t- and, uh, the, 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 the Isra of Avodah Zarah that the Mishnahists speak of is talking about 
people who are more barbaric. And therefore, uh, the Me'iri, as he writes it, is, says clearly that they, you know, the Christians, uh, the modern Christians would not be considered over the Avodah Did he mean it as apologetics? Did he mean it Me'ikar It will never really know the answer. Ah, uh, what does the Me'iri do with the Gemara that says that uh, not Nitzri, that not, talks about Yom Natsri is, is Aser as far as certain things? So the Me'iri suggests that Natsri doesn't come from the word of Netzer as in Nazareth, as in Christianity, the way we typically assume, uh, but rather Netzer is from the word Nebuchadnezzar, Netzar. And Nebuchadnezzar had a sun god, and that sun god was... Uh, that was served on Sunday, and that's the Gemara, that's what the Gemara referred to when it talked about this uh, Notsri, talking about Notsri and Sunday, that nothing to do with Christianity, but rather this uh, Nebuchadnezzar Avodazara. So that's the Meiri's uh, leniency. There is a middle opinion, and that is the opinion of Tosas in numerous places, where the Gemara discusses the fact that you're not allowed to have a Shoftavus and a Nachri, and we learn that to be from a Pasuk, because you might violate the Isidoraisa of Lo Yishama Al Picha. Excuse me, which means that not only you're not allowed to swear in the name of Avodazar, of course, but you can't even cause to be sworn in the name of Avodazar. So if you have a partnership with a guy, you will get into a dispute, you'll cause him to swear in the name of a god, of his god, and that will be a violation for you, the Jew, of Lo Yishama Al Picha, not causing the name of another god to be heard. So here, Rabbeinu Tam says that nowadays, says Rabbeinu Tam, we can accept the we can accept the swear of our Gentile partners, so that we don't have to lose money. Because nowadays the Christians swear by kedoshim shelahem, and by their God. So, and there's no iser to cause others to cause goyim to do shituf. And because the Goyim are not mitzuva on this. So there's a gigantic machlokas, what the Rabbeinu Tam means. One is that the prohibition of Avodah although it applies to Goyim, but Shituf version of Avodah Zarah, meaning Shituf is not considered Avodah That is okay for a guy. That means if a guy believes in God, the real God, the real God who created the world, plus another entity, that would not be a problem for a guy. Of course, a Jew can't, but a guy can't can believe in that, and therefore if a guy is allowed to believe in Shittuf, of course, he could swear for Shittuf purposes. That's one suggestion. Another Yudha, however, says, no, 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 no. Tosa is not saying at any point that you're allowed to believe in Shittuf. It's just that the Isser of, cause, of, of causing an oath is not an Isser to, uh, it's a specific halach in Hilchas Shavuos, uh, making swearing that that's not also to Shittuf, but believing is, of course, Avodazar. So we, we have here, as a gigantic machlokas, um, of how to understand Rabbi Natam, whether he holds that Shittuf is Matur for a guy, or it's Asr for a guy, it's just you're allowed to call swearing. So how do we pass on this? So believe it or not, the Ramah and the Shach, who is make like the Ramah, are makel to say that a guy is not prohibited to have Shittuf, which would mean that Shittuf would not constitute Avodah Zara. Uh, the Salvechik is very, uh, very perturbed, and he says, no, this is an absolute mistake, the, the uh, Shach is totally mistaken. Of course, Shittuf is Avodah Zara, even for Gaim it would be Avodah Zara. Um, so that's uh, ultimately a machlokas, what the definition of uh, Shittuf is, is Avodah Zara or not. And most Yishanim do assume that Christianity would be considered Avodah Zara. So that's as far as the definition of Christianity Let's now deal with a number of questions. So number one, can you enter a church? So we have explicit Mishnayis, and Avodah Zarah says you're not even allowed to enter a city that has Avodah Zarah, and uh, clearly you wouldn't be able to uh, enter a church, so it's clear. No, you can't enter a church. Uh, I mean, if it's a, a Makam of Avodah Zarah, certainly according to the Ramah, it's a Makam of Avodah Zarah, you cannot enter a church. If you hold like if you would hold like the Meiri, which we don't really accept, the Halacha, that it's not Avodah Zarah, so it's not Avodah Zarah. Um, now, there is a very fascinating machlokas between the Rashba and the Rush, whether or not Avizrayo de Avodazara is Yaharag Val Yavar. In other words, are you allowed to, if somebody's running after you with a dagger to kill you, are you allowed to enter a church to save your life? And that would be a machlokas, presumably the Rashba and the Rush. So this would mean that uh, if you wanted to go to see Michelangelo's 
uh, art in the Sistine Chapel. So if somebody's running after you with a knife and that's where you could escape, then there would be Machalokas Yishonim if you're allowed to go in. In other words, you probably wouldn't be so uh, easily allowed into uh, church to enjoy, uh, to, 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 go, to enter a church. Uh, there's another so besides the fact that the Mishnah says you're not allowed to go into a city that has Avodah Zarah, there's another Gemara Avodah Zarah, Hachik, Mibes Avodah Zarah. And Ramosha Feinstein adds in his Chuvis that even looking at their artwork is also, because the whole point of the artwork is to inspire the religion. And furthermore, uh, there's an Isser, the rice of Altifnu El Ha'elilim, which means that you're not supposed to look at, you know, Christian artwork or, or things that inspire other religions. Now, that's all about churches. What about a mosque? After all, a mosque, the Islam religion, does believe in, uh, in the same God that we believe in, the God who is Borei, you know, Shemayi Varetz, in seven days, and there are no other partners. So, presumably, maybe they believe the same God that we believe in, and that's what the, uh, the uh, Rambam seems to say, that Islam is not a Vodazan, therefore one would be permitted to enter a mosque. That would be the Rambam Shita, and that's how Rabbi Vadia passes. However, the Tzitzel Yezik quotes a Ran, and the Ran says that you're right, that they only have uh, one God, but they bow down to Muhammad, and it's a formal religion other than our religion, and that itself is enough to make it a Vodazar. Rabbi Vadia says, yes, you have a Ran, but Lamaisa, so Machok is Ran and Rambam, and who knew Islam better? The Ran who lived somewhere in Europe, or the Rambam who lived among, uh, among Muslims, and therefore, the Ravadi says we're going to go like the Rabbah because he understands Islam better. And uh, the Ravadi permits a person to enter a mosque, even though it would be prohibited to enter a church. Now, another question. What happens if somebody calls you rabbi? I have a meeting, uh, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, a basket weaving course. It's in a social hall or the basement of a church. I have to go for voting. Is it mutter or not? So Ramosha says that if it's clear, that if it's, if it's not a sanctuary, Rather, it's uh, some other annex, some other room, and it's not during services, and you go through a different entrance, then you're allowed to go into that side room, that side of the building. What happens if it's a church that's no longer a church, like the cloisters up in Washington Heights? So Shatha says it's Azur, because again, admiring the architecture is itself a violation of Al-Tifnu el Um What about saying the name of, you know, J-E-S-U-S, so here we have uh, two points. First of all, Chavis Yoy says you could say the name Jesus because that was his personal name before he became any kinds of deity, and uh, therefore you could say the name Jesus. However, the second half of the name, what we'll call X or C-H-R-I with an S-T at the end, that's more problematic to say because it might mean uh, Mashiach, and by saying that word, by saying that name, that last name of his, uh, that might be as though you're being the Kabbal, him as, God forbid, him as being the Messiah. So it's always nice to say, you know, Yashka, which is the name that we, you know, Jews have referred to it over many years. Let's begin the review of Rabbi Simon's Shir on Hilchas Mezuzah. First of all, we know that a room in order to be Chayv Mezuzah, bias has to be four Amos by four Amos. <coughs> and the question is, does it have to be at least four on each side, or as long as you have eight, 16 square amos? So that's machlok, as the Ramam says, that uh, it's chayv, as long as it's 16 square amos, even if you have eight by two, that's chayv. And the rash is, uh, Machman says, no, they, or Mekel actually, you only need, uh, it's only going to be chayv if a room is four amos minimum on each side. And uh, therefore the shach paskins, that uh, lahachmir, meaning laha, meaning uh, to be machmir on the shaila of a suffix of a bracha, and you should put a mezuzah if it's eight by two, but without a bracha until you have four by four. Uh, the Taz, however, holds that uh, everyone agrees that you need four by four minimally, and that is what the uh, customarily what is held that if it's not four by four. Even if it is 8 by 2, if it's not 4 by 4, it does not require a mezuzah. However, there's a new talk, there's a new discussion. What happens if you have a room that is less than 4 by 4, but is usable as it is? So here you have the opinion of the Hamudi Daniel, cited in the Pesachet Shuvah, that 4 by 4 is only necessary for a base dira that's not usable by 4 by 4. But if you have a room that it's like a base shar, a mirpeset, a ma'avar, a, a passageway, then it is usable even less than 4x4, four four, and such room would be 
chayev in a mezuzah. So, it's a big chiddush, and Pashtus is that less than 4 by 4 is not, but therefore, people do uh, put a mezuzah, if it's uh, like this Chavud Daniel on smaller rooms, if it's a uh, passageway, or if it's a... Uh, or if it's a closet, a walk-in closet, or if it's something that uh, would, uh, as long as it's not a regular base dira. Um, I'm sorry, for closets, we're not so machmer to do it. Uh, mezuzah would just be a chumrah. Now, when we have closets, you have, on one hand, the chumrah Daniel said that it's possible that a small room could be uh, could be chayev to have a mezuzah, if that's the use, if that's tashmisha of the uh, of the room. Rabbi Kveger points out that if you have, if you're going from a closet to a room, or a small porch to a room, so even if the closet is small, or the porch would be small, but nevertheless, coming from the closet into the room, or from the small porch into the room, from the outside into the room, and the room is 4 by 4 so you should need a mezuzah coming from the outside on the right side, from coming out into the uh, into the room, um, which is sort of funny. Rabbi Simon doesn't really like that, Rabbi Kveger, even though many postcom do follow that, Rabbi Kveger. Rabbi Simon doesn't really like it because he assumes that there has to be a coming in and a going out. And since in Hilchas Mezuzah we follow coming in, so the coming, if you go from the porch or from the closet into the room, that's not walking into the room, that's walking back out of the closet, or back out of the porch. So that's why Rabbi Simon doesn't really like this Rabbi Kvega, but many persons do follow that opinion of Rabbi Kvega. I've heard that opinion from uh, many of our Rashi Yeshivas, as well as uh, Ramosha, uh, etc. Keep in mind that even if we're not sure which side of the door to put the mezuzah on, you never would place it on both sides of the door. That's just uh, one place. You have to figure out which way is the right way and put it on the uh, correct side. Uh, to put two mezuzahs on one uh, doorpost would be an Isidoraisa Baltosa, possibly. Um, let us uh, talk about apartment buildings. So, Shutfus of an Akum makes a person potter, and therefore, uh, if there's a Shutfus, that's not going to be Chayev. Now, if there's a, uh, let, in general, we have to know that any door that doesn't have a delis, the Ramam says that a delis is one of the necessary prerequisites to co- be considered a uh, door that's chayv mezuzah, or a doorway that's chayv mezuzah. So, if there's no delis, there's no mezuzah. However, we uh, are machmir uh, to yes, like other shown to yes, but of- we just mentioned that even though the Rambam says that a necessary requirement is a delis in order to have a mezuzah. We're machmir um, to put a mezuzah even when there's no delis, but to be choshish for the Rambam's shita, we'll do so without a bracha. Let's move to the next point. How high on the doorpost should you place the mezuzah? So the Shulchan Aruch says it has to be on the Shlisha Elyon. That means on the upper third, but on the, the minute is to do it on the bottom of the upper third. Now, let's take a step back. If a person places the mezuzah on the wrong side, or then they're not yotze. If they place it too low, that's below the upper third, they're not yotze. If they place it too high, that's within the top tefach of the doorpost, they're not yotze. So the proper place is within the shlisha elyon, but specifically the bottom of the shlisha elyon. What happens if the door is very tall? So we have a Yushalmi that says that even if it's a very tall door, like a sharv, a city or something like that, you should still place it at shoulder height. So is that against what the Bavli says, that it's supposed to be a Shlisha Elyon? So the Chazanish suggests that it's not a Machlokas Bavli Yushami. Rather, what the, what the Bavli means when it says the Shlisha Elyon, that is typically the place where it hits the shoulder height. Now with that in mind, we could suggest... The following. What would be the halacha if you have the what Rabbi Simon calls the Washington Heights kitchens? Meaning, it's a kitchen where an entrance to a kitchen where as you walk in through the doorway, what protrudes from the right side of the doorway and the left side of the doorway are cabinets on the bottom part of the doorway. So the cabinets, let's say, are ten tefachim high. We could say that the cabinets themselves serve as the doorway. On the other hand, we could say no, the cabinets are just in the doorway, but the frame of the door, which is a foot and a half set back on, on the right and on the left, is the doorway. So, should we put on the Shlisha Elyon of that cabinet, which would be around the height of your thigh, or do we say it should be at the Shlisha Elyon of the door, which is about shoulder height? 
So based on what we just said, that the point of Shlishalion is not really Dinah Shlishalion per se, but rather it's shoulder height, so we would come out that this question, you should not put on the Shlisha Elyon of the cabinets, which would be around your thighs, but rather it should be on the Shlisha Elyon of the uh, entire dory, which again would be just about shoulder height. Let's talk about leaving mezuzahs. If a, the halacha is that if a person is moving out, they're supposed to leave the mezuzahs for the Jew who is to follow them. If you don't know, if a guy is moving in after you, or if you're not sure if it might be a guy, then you do not leave your mezuzah because you don't want your mezuzah to get into the hand of a Eino Yehudi. Now, the halacha happens to be, the Ramah points out, that if you do leave the mezuzah for the, uh, for the uh, coming tenant, or the coming uh, dweller, you are, excuse me, you are permitted to charge the uh, next dweller for that. So that is at least uh, one uh, helpful hint. Now, it often is the case when a person is uh, moving out of an apartment that they landlord paints the apartment before the apartment is given to the next tenant. So if that's the case, you could take it off before painting so it doesn't get ruined by the painting, and once it's off, you could put it in your pocket and walk away. You don't have to put it back up for the next tenant. Um, let's talk about different rooms that may or may not require a mezuzah. So first of all, a storage room, a base hadir, a base haotzar, the Shulchan says is chayev in a mezuzah. But the limitation is it's only a storage room that's part of your dira. So for example, those self-storage units on the side of the highway, that would not require a mezuzah. If you have a garage that's attached to your house, it definitely does require a mezuzah, because that's a base haotza that's attached to your house. It's associated with your dira. If you have a disattached garage, so here, this is a, this would be a shaila, and therefore we would put up a mezuzah, but without a bracha. Now, let's talk about some other places. The Ashul, the Shulchan Aruch says it's Pater, unless, of course, somebody lives there. As opposed to Beis Madrash, Beis Madrash, there are two days in the Shulchan Aruch that, on one hand, maybe it's more like a Dira because you're allowed to eat there, allowed to sleep there a little bit, as opposed to a Shul. So, therefore, it will be Machmir to put a uh, to put a mezuzah on the Beis Madrash, but without a Bracha. A Chanus. Let's talk about office buildings. The Shulchan Aruch tells that a Chanus is Pater. The question is, is it just a you know, uh, a uh, booth in the market, or is it even our office buildings? So maybe then you could probably assume that our office buildings are potter because it's only a DSRIs because you don't live there at night. But the minute is, yes, we do put them as a, but without a bracha because maybe then presumably it doesn't need it. But if you find yourself in a situation that it's going to be difficult to put up a mezuzah at work, it probably, there's probably on what to rely that it's potter mitamachanos. Now, what happens if you rent a a uh, property. So rental properties in Chutz Aretz are only Chayev. Uh, rental property in general is only Chayev. And we give you 30 days in Chutz Aretz to put up your mezuzah. Now, the Nesibis uh, suggests that that uh, the Nesibis suggests that if you that this hetter of 30 days is only if you don't know if you're gonna, how long you're going to be there, or you plan on being there for less than 30 days. Then you don't have to put up a mezuzah. But mitchila, when you move in, you know you're going to stay there for more than 30 days, then you should indeed put the mezuzah up immediately. Roshach, and uh, also Roshach likes this, that it says that if you're signing a lease, typically we say schiris lo kanya. But here, since you signed the lease, this schiris is kanya, and therefore we won't apply the kula of 30 days. Ramosha says that you could uh, you could put it up immediately, but without a bracha, and then on the 30th day, 31st day, you touch the mezuzah, and that would be considered like uh, the hanachas ha-mezuzah. Ah, uh, what do you mean, how can you make a bracha when you're not doing a ma'isa? This is an issue that is raised in regards to when a woman, by mistake, accepts Shabbos without realizing that she forgot to light the Shabbos candle. So the Magad Ram says that she could allow, have a guy light the Shabbos candles during Benesh Mashas, and then she'll make the bracha on it. And all the posts can say, hey, 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 how could you have a bracha of Birch Samitza, Shreya if you didn't even do it in the Maisa? Uh, nevertheless, my Ramosha says it's okay. So that's what Ramosha says, you could just make the bracha even though you uh, put it up a month ago. Chaykanyansky says, no, put it up right away with the bracha, and uh, as long as there's a lease, you can put it right away with the bracha. So that's what Simon says. You put it away, put it on right away with a bracha. 
Um, let's go to the next point. Um, the next point is a question of how could you have a mezuzah on a bedroom of a couple? After all, also the shayish mitaso So I'll mention five ways to deal with this issue. Number one, the kal the most kal opinion is that of the Rachel. The Rachel says that the same Torah who says pruravu and a husband and wife should be together in their bedroom is the Torah that says to put a mezuzah on the rooms, including the bedroom. So it must be that Hashem wants us to put a mezuzah there, even though a husband will be there with his wife. The Baal Tanya, says, an interesting svara. He says, you don't have to worry about the issue of Asur Shash Mitazu Afnei Kesri HaKadosh, because if a mezuzah is attached to the wall, that makes it have a Rishus Bifnei Atzmo. The Chai Adam says, a different hatter, that if there are two wrappings around Kesri HaKadosh, or around the mezuzah, as long as one of them is not miyuchad for the Kesri HaKadosh, then you can have a double covering. So, for example, if you have a mezuzah and you put it in a mezuzah case, and then you wrap it one time to be shalom, not miyuchad, you have in mind that it's just a, uh, to be a wrapper, but not really miyuchad for the mezuzah, that would be a way to have a double covering that would make it mutter for a husband to be with a wife. The stipler says, no, simply put a nail above the mezuzah, you hang a shirt or a towel over the mezuzah before tashmash. Finally, the Ramah cites the Yish Omrim that if there's a room where Tashrish is occurring, such a room doesn't require uh, a mezuzah, because a room that's not a Kavadika room because of that, and therefore the room doesn't require a mezuzah at all. That's one opinion in the Ramah. That's that point. Uh, as far as location of the mezuzah, it's important to know that you should put it in the depth of the entrance closest to the outside, so there's more area that's being covered by the uh, the mezuzahs because it... okay let's start recording for the next year which is Hilcha Sukkah by Rabbi Konigsberg the first thing that we have to realize is that the Sukkah is supposed to be a Rai and that means even if it's uh, strong the way it was built in terms of the walls there has to be some Arayness to the uh, to the uh, Sukkah so one aspect that applies to the walls is that the walls can't be more than 20 amas high because then you have to make it in a kavadika strength to the walls to reinforce the walls, but even so, the even though the right the walls could be strong as long as they are made at a height that could theoretically be aray, the schach on the other hand must be aray mamish. That's what Tosa says when he's asked, "Why can't you just um, <coughs> nail down the walls if your sukkah is under twenty? Why can't you nail down? I'm sorry, nail down the schach, and therefore why should rain be a simon klala?" After all, you can make it that uh, it's, it's, it's nailed, the schach is nailed in. And Tosa says that the schach has to be aray mamish, even though the walls only have to be roi lios aray. Um, ideally, the schach should be such that uh, rain could theoretically come through. Um, but at the same time, the schach shouldn't be, uh, the schach should be heavy enough that it's uh, covering, but not heavy enough that, it, that you could ideally see the stars. Um, Let's talk about the size of the sukkah. For the three opinions, there's Beishamei, Beishil, and Rebbe. Beishamei says, Rosh of Ruvah Shulchan, which is 7 by 7 Tvachim. This is one of the few cases that we pass like Beishamei. Uh, Beishil says, no, just Rosh of Ruvah, which is 6 by 6 Tvachim. We don't pass like Beishil here. And Rebbe says, Abayas is Dalad Amis by Dalad Amis. We definitely don't, like, don't pass him like Rebbe. Uh, the point of Rebbe is that a di- you need a Dios Keva. So a Dios Keva is Dalad Amis. Just like Dalad Amis is a din of bias by all other areas that you need a bias, like Maka, Emezuzah, and Nigei Batim. Uh, but we don't hold like that. We hold like Beishami that has to be seven Tvachim by seven Tvachim. The height, of course, has to be Teren Tvachim. And what about uh, how, how long do the walls have to be? So the Gemara tells us that in Halacha Mashmi Sinai that we are sufficient, that it's sufficient to have Shnai Kehilchasan or Shlishas Afilotevach. Now, this does not mean that you could just have any two walls Kehilchasan. It means that that the two walls that are kehilchsan have to be if it's an L shape, if they're perpendicular. Uh, additionally, the tefach that we need for that third wall, the tefach has to be within lavud of the wall, because if you have, let's say, within lavud two point nine tefachim and the tefach, so you have three point nine tefachim all together. So that's the rove of the wall. And also, there's a discussion if you need a tzuras hapesach above the small wall. Uh, between the tefach and the corner of the standing L, uh, so that would be making a, uh, like the third wall, filling in that third wall. 
so it's not so simple. You could just use You could just use Shnayim Kehilchasan. Um, they have to have all these additional requirements as well. Now, let's talk about being Samech Aldover HaMekabal Tumah, which is and one of the issues that applies to canvas slickers, but even if you don't have a, even a fiberglass slicker that has a metal frame, if you're putting the schach down on the metal, so you're putting schach resting on a Dover HaMekabal Tumah. So the Mishnah in Sukkah tells us that if you're Samech Sukkah Sabakari Hamita, we have Machlokas Tana. Now, Makari Hamita are Mekabal Tumah, and it's Machlokas Tana. Tanakama says it's totally fine. Rabbi Yehuda says it's puzzle. Okay, now if you have passed like Rabbi Yehuda, that you cannot put your schach on top of kari hamitu because of makabal tumah, why does Rabbi Yehuda puzzle? So one opinion says, either because, uh, either because it's ain't la keva, one opinion in the Gemara says that, it's not keva if you could, these are boards that you might take for your bed. The other opinion says, because mamid b'davra hamakabal tumah is a problem. Now what is the problem? So even within the Passing like Rabbi Yehuda, and pass like the reason Rabbi Yehuda passes because of Maimon B'davra Hamakabutuma. But why is there a problem with Maimon B'davra Hamakabutuma? That itself is subject to a further machlokas. Machlokas Rishon and Ran the Ran says that we're worried that if you are Maimon B'davra Hamakabutuma, you might actually be Mesachich with the Davra Hamakabutuma, which would be a psul daraisa. This is Xera Otu being Mesachich, which would be daraisa. Rashi says no. Rashi says that. Being mamid b'davar makavatuma is itself a psalm in Torah, because we look at the schach equally as though it's whatever is holding it up. So if a mamid is holding it up as possible, so schach that it's holding would also be considered possible in So how do we pass in all these questions? So the the summary shown him, and the uh, in fact the Shulchan Aruch hold that. Uh, this whole issue doesn't begin. Everything is kasher mitchila. There's no iser at all of a davar. There's no iser at all called maimed davar makabel Everything he passes like the chachamim against Rabbi Yehuda, um, who hold that you're allowed to be sonif v'kari hamita, and there is no even question to begin with. The problem is that most rishonim do not hold like that, and they're like Rabbi Yehuda that kari hamita are indeed pasul. But which reason is it? Because the reason that it's keva, or because the reason that it's a maimed? So the Rambam, the Ramban, and the Ran say no. It is a problem because of maimed. So this is the source. Uh, for the Chumrah of canvas that the metal beams will be supporting the Schach. Now, the Shulchan Aruch himself, again, like I mentioned, holds like the Tanakama, who holds that uh, Kari Hamita is kosher, so there would be no source whatsoever from Maimed. But we have another Shulchan Aruch elsewhere, where the Shulchan Aruch is Mesupik, if you could rest the Schach on a ladder, which is obviously Kabbal because it's a Kli. So we have a question now, it seems to be a steer in the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch said that we pass again that you're allowed to put Schach on top of Kayamita, but he says that he's misupic if you could put Schach on top of a ladder. What's his suffix? So the Magan of Ram suggests that the Shulchan Aruch indeed is misupic whether or not you're allowed to be Maimon at Dabra Mekabotoma. So Lichat Chila, you should be Machmir for the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, the town of Rabbi Yehuda, not be Maimon at Dabra Mekabotoma. But the other lad, the other Shulchan Aruch says that Bidiyeved, it's kosher, so. You uh, is kasher b'diavad, but Magen Ram adds that even if it's asal chatchila, if you would be mafsik between the davar hamakabel tumah and the schach between the ladder or the metal and the schach, that would make the metal only a maimed dimaimed, which is kasher. Now it happens to be the Chazanish argues on this last point of the Magen Avram and says that I hold says the Chazanish that a a uh, a hefsik, if you put a little piece of wood in the middle between. The schach and the davar mekabel that wouldn't solve the problem. It would still be a problem called maimed de maimed. Maimed de maimed is not a coolest, says the chazanish, but it happens to be, as Rabbi Shechter points out, that the chazanish himself holds that there is no psul of maimed in the first place. Um, he holds that Mikur had then there's no uh, problem of maimed de maimed. He holds there's no psul of maimed himself, but. If you hold that Maimed is a problem, then the Chazir is just pointing out that Maimed and Maimed will not solve the problem. Let's go to the next point. The next point is, so let's just, I'm sorry, Halach Lamaisa, if you find yourself in a canvas sukkah where the Schach is resting immediately on top of the uh, metal, even if there's no Hefzik, you can uh, make a bracha there, you can eat there, although Lechat will be proper to make a Hefzik there. Now, let's go to the next problem. What about mats? used as schach. There are two potential problems for mats. Number one, it's mats on the Kabbal Tumah, in certain circumstances. And number two, 
There's a Gzera, the Rabbanu called Gzera's Tikra, that applies to planks that are fourth Tzvachim wide. So let's see how that applies to mats. So number one, the Mishnah tells us that mats, if they're the Shechiva, they're Mekabal Tumah and they're Pasal, if they're the Sikuch, then they're not Mekabal Tumah and they're Kasher. So most of our, you know, specially made mats for Shach are clearly uh, made of Sikuch, so they won't be Mekabal Tumah. But there's the other issue, and that is the issue of Gzeres Tikra. There's Machlokes Tanam, if you're allowed to use planks between three and four Tvachim, but more than four Tvachim, everyone agrees that a plank of wood that's more than four Tvachim is possible because it looks like a roof of a house, it looks like uh, you're sitting in a house, or that you're allowed to sit in a house. But what do we have with a mat? A mat is not a plank, it's tiny little reeds that are attached. So is that, although the, each individual reed is small, but they're connected, they are taka wider than a four Tvachim. So some say that if you attach them together, it would be a problem. That's what the Rashba says. That even if you attach narrow things together to make it it will be possible. That's what some hope. But most posts can agree, uh, assume that our mats will not have the psal, the Gzeras of Gzeras Tikra, for a number of reasons. Number one, the whole Gzeras Tikra is that it looks like a roof. And this is how you roof your rooms in this neighborhood. But in our neighborhood, we don't. We don't make bamboo roofs in our neighborhood. And furthermore, uh, rain could go easily through them, unlike a Tikra, this is, uh, these mats don't uh, protect you from the elements. And thirdly, um, even if we'd be machmir for the Rashba, that mats that are, that things, small planks connected to be more than four tzvachim should have a gzera, but here they're so flimsy and so, so thin, so we wouldn't be gozer to a tikra. So therefore, mats, according to most person, would be acceptable. As far as the strings, if you have the strings that are holding the mats together, if they're made out of nylon, which is synthetic, it's not my gidule karka, it's not kosher l'schach, it's holding your mat together. So they suggest that you should make it, make it into hemp. Hemp is a string that is not woven, that is not made into a twine, it's just a natural filament cord that is, does come from the ground and is not uh, manufactured in a way that's metabolism. Let's go to a next issue. We have the psal of... Tasev lomin ha'asli. Of course, the, the Mishnah talks about not having a a pile of a pile of straw and digging out the inside because you end up with a roof without actually putting on a schach. And similar other times, this comes up in Mesechus Sukkah. But very practically, it means that if you have a a frame, you cannot put the schach before the walls because if you don't have mechitzas yet, the schach is not providing a dinohel, and it ends up that you're when you put up the walls, you will end up with a tas of Laman Ha'asri. So this issue is one of three issues that can be of concern with a canvas sukkah. That is, that if you would put up the frame and then the schach before you do the walls, because it is easier, because you could walk through, that would be a problem of tas of Laman Ha'asri. A second problem that the canvas sukkahs might have. So we had one problem that we mentioned earlier, which is that it's metal bars, which would be a mamid, the The second issue we just mentioned now that it's um, that it could be tassel and asli if you do it in the wrong order. And third problem is that if the walls themselves are made out of curtains, that raises a totally different issue. Because we learned that a mechitza she'eno amedis beruch is not considered a mechitza. What is the uh, de- definition of mechitza ha'amedis or not? So if it shifts three tfachim to and fro from the, uh, the y-axis, from that middle point, if it's just three tvachim in one direction, or three tvachim into another direction, that would be a problem of uh, that it's ena omedas. If it only if it's t- held, t- if it's pulled very taut and only blows two tvachim in either direction, that will not be as bad. That is one issue. Another issue that is a, of concern when it comes to the canvas, the use of canvas for the walls, is that Rabbeinu Peretz said that there's a gzerid rabbana not to use sedinu, even if you tie them down and they don't move at all and they're really tight because a gzerid dilma mintiki. They might uh, flap away or uh, fly away or disconnect. However, Rosh suggests that if you have a uh, if you have a canvas that is specifically made to be tied and has metal grommets that allows it to be tied, maybe you won't have this gzerid rabbana of, uh, of, of canvas, but it might be proper if you do use canvas to put up strings, uh, horizontal strings that are loved one from another, to prevent the uh, the the issue of fabric walls. And of course, if you do put up those loved strings to prevent the issue of tassel and also you have to make sure that the loved strings are placed before the schach is put on top of the sukkah. Let's go to the next point in this year, and that is talking about schach puzzle. 
So, Schach Puzzle is Puzzle with four Tfachim. It happens to be that if it's less than four Tfachim, you are actually, yes, allowed to sit underneath it. Underneath it. So if you have, for example, a light fi- a, a, a fluorescent light bulb fixture that's a few feet wide and only a few inches, I'm sorry, a few feet long, four feet long, but it's only a few inches wide, it's less than four tzvachim wide, you can actually sit underneath that schach puzzle since it's less than four tzvachim, it's considered kemisha eno. That is as opposed to avir. Avir puzzles with three tzvachim. Um, if it's less than three tzvachim of, uh, of avir, then... Um, it's kisasim dami, so it's considered that there's schach there, but you're still not allowed to sit under it. As opposed to schach puzzle, you can sit under schach puzzle, you cannot sit under avir, um, even if it's less than three tvachim. Why? Maybe because Mishabur says because the airspace is more nicker than the schach puzzle. But asks the rush, if you can't sit under avir, then every stuck is puzzle, because there's always a little bit of avir. So the rush says that avir is puzzle only if it's, even if it's less than three tvachim, only if it's apne kulo, if it's from wall to wall. That's when it's nicker, and that's when you can't sit under any avir at all, and therefore it's always very, very smart to put one long piece of bamboo perpendicular to the rest of the schach, so you'll never have a, an open avir from uh, side to side. That's alpanei kula. Of course, tofen akuma, you could have schach puzzle on the side. The, I mean, let me rephrase that. The psul of four tfach and schach is only be'emtza. That's where we have the full psul of schach puzzle, but minhatsad the psal is up to four amas, because we could use dofen akuma. Dofen akuma, you can't sit underneath it, because it's considered the wall, not schach, but it doesn't have the, uh, it doesn't pass your sukkah if you have dofen akuma. That is the end of the shir regarding Hilchus sukkah. Let's now go to Rabbi Packer's shiurim, the last uh, two shiurim that we're going to do, and that is electricity on Shabbos, and the application of electricity on Shabbos as applying to security systems, hotel doors, automatic toilets, sinks, etc. So, the first thing that we have to realize when we deal with the electricity is there are two shilas that have to be addressed. Number one, what is the status of electricity? And number two, are you using the electricity to do a malacha? So for example, when we have, if you have any incandescent light bulb that has a filament, even if we can say that electricity on its own is not considered a malacha, but letting the incandescent filament glow to give off light in a regular incandescent bulb, that's going to be havara. Similarly, if you use a microwave to cook or a tractor, or an electric tractor to harvest or to, to plow, so all those things are doing malachas besides the electricity component, and that, of course, is going to be usher without any question. We just want to ask, what happens if you have something like a, a fan, where the spinning of a fan itself isn't, is not a malacha? The question is, what about the electricity in and of itself? So, there are a number of shitas that describe how we could see electricity in halacha. The earliest uh, one, perhaps, would be that of the Archa Shulchan, which we do not paskin like, and that assumes that uh, there's an issue of Havara. The Havara is that the Archa Shulchan assumes that there's fire in the wires, and that is what they used to think, that they used to think that when they have wires together, the fire would come, El and that we definitely know, based on our physics today, that that is not correct, and that is not how we understand electricity. Um, the Chazanish, which is the sheet that we'll focus on most, is of the opinion that we're dealing with an actual Isidaraisa. The Isidaraisa is an Isidaraisa of either Tikkun Mana or Binyan, perhaps Binyan Bekarka. What is a Tikkun Mana? The Tikkun Mana is that you're making something work. We'll explain it in a moment. Uh, the Binyan, even though we say typically ain binyan bekelim, but if you are bona in a very firm way, if you have a firm attachment, which is what we call teka, when something is attached firmly there, we might we might say binyan bekelim. Furthermore, says the Chazanish, if the wires or outlets are attached to the house, it would contact, constitute binyan b'mechuber, um, because you're connecting whatever your the connections are in the house. But let's explain what the Chazanish means. What the Chazanish means is not just that you're putting a finishing, when you turn on a fan, you're not just putting a finishing touch or creating a, a circuit. That in and of itself might not be all the Chazanish means. What he means is that you have a chunk of metal and plastic, and by connecting the circuit, that's giving life to the fan and making the fan, which was until now meaningless, you know, plastic and metal, now becoming a useful, productive, uh, functioning fan. 
Now, the the Shlomo Zalman rejects the arguments of the Chazan. He's saying that this is not considered bona b'mechubra, because we know that even if it would be attached to the wall, when you flip a switch, that's more like opening and closing a door. If you have a door that's b'mechubra, and you open and close the door, that's not considered... Uh, that's not considered bona. Why? Because it's dakabakach. So here too, it's considered dakabakach. And firmly, how could you call the creation of the circuit, which makes the kli work, to be considered a teka, a firm connection, when here you could just flip the switch the other way and disattach the circuit? So we suggested that perhaps uh, some of the ideas of the chazanish means, what the chazanish is meaning, is that we're not talking again about a physical connection but that makes it teka, but the teka. It's created by virtue of the significance of what it's accomplishing, not that physically it's a strong connection. Um, it happens to be the Muslim why you post him uh, agree with the Rup Shlomo Zaman against the Chazanish and assume that indeed electricity might only be the Rabbanon. But of course, the Chazanish is, uh, you know, is to be reckoned with that he held that it was the Raisa. Now, perhaps the suggestion of what the Chazanish might mean as far as applying um, as far as applying the din of Makkah to electricity, could be understood the way Rav Asher Weiss explains. Rav Asher Weiss quotes Yushalmi, who has a very that has a very unusual way of looking at toldos and avos melachos. Yushalmi writes that the Rav Yochanan worked on the thirty-nine melachos for many years, and for each of the melachos, they figured out which were the toldos for each of the melachos. Some toldos they figured found the, they found many toldos. Some toldos they pinned on a specific malacha, whatever malacha it was to be pinned on, and some toldos they didn't know where to put it, so they just said that that toldo would be pinned on makkah b'patish, which totally undermines the way we look at ma- It's not that you have a, a malacha, an av malacha, and a tolda emanates from it, but to the contrary, we start assuming that something is asr because it has to be asr because it's a tolda, it's just not the kind of thing that could be done on Shabbos, and then we have to figure out where it's going to fit in. So once you say something is a meaningful, significant act, and once you uh, do it, it's going to be a problem. So when you're going to go ahead and attach it to something, we're going to call it Makkah Bepatish. just means that it's doing something Choshev on Shabbos. It doesn't have to be that there are certain parameters that constitute Makkah and anything that fits into that is going to be Aser. It's the opposite. We decide that something has to be Aser, and when we have to ask ourselves why, we'll say, well, it doesn't fit into any other category, so let it be Makkah Perhaps that's what the Chazanish uh, was intending. And this is also significant because when Ramosha deals with microphones as opposed to hearing aids, Ramosha also says that there's a chash d'oraisa, meaning he doesn't say it's also d'oraisa, but there's a question that maybe using a microphone could be a chash d'oraisa, because you're doing something significant, you're making a significant, meaningful uh, result of making your voice be heard far away. Now, other shitos that describe what a makab what makabat what I'm sorry, what the malacha that is involved in electricity is uh the possibility of being molded reach. Because just like you're putting a reach the amorphous reach into something, so to here you're injecting, infusing electricity into an appliance. That's like being molded. That's one possibility. Roshachter has another possibility. He says that electricity is like the halach of kaskasim. If you have a gutter that is stuffed up with uh, leaves, with dirt, with uh, things that just plug it up. So if you unplug that system, that's usr. So similarly, if you have a wire that has resistance and you allow the electricity to flow, the electrons to flow, that would be uh, considered allowing the... Uh, that would be like tzina, kaskasim. When we discuss the electricity that's used in certain modern technology as far as, far as uh, screens or mouses that when you have something, a computer or a, com- or a telephone that's on, and you just uh, activate it by pressing a button, that's used through semiconductors. What semiconductors are is that you're not actually creating a circuit. The circuit's already there, but by applying pressure, you're adjusting the resistance and allowing the current to flow more or less. So in, in a certain sense, you are bringing something mimavis l'chaim or mimavis l'mavis, but you're not actually, excuse me, you're not actually creating a new circuit. So that has to be analyzed as far as as far as the Hazanish's understanding. Is it is the pshat that you are doing a tikkun mana that you're attaching the circuit or the way we were suggesting that you're making something meaningful that could taka be an issue by uh, with semiconductors. Whereas if you learn the other issues, semiconductors where you're not creating a circuit might not really be doing as much. As far as changing 
the shinui zerim, change the volume of brightness, that might also be more more kal, because uh, so, because you're not creating the circuit. It's there. You're just allowing more or less to travel through it, and that might be better. So if there's a dot who needs to use electricity, it's better to have the his his machine or his phone or whatever it is on the whole time and just adjust higher or lower if necessary. Now there's an interesting svara that one might ask if a doctor or somebody needs to carry a cell phone or a GPS tracker, uh, when they move, there are things that are changing on the GPS location and the bars of his phone um, will change as he goes from place to place. Is that a problem? So Vashar Weiss says it's not, because since certain things are malacha only if you're machavin to it, and here, it's the word that we're dealing with in electricity is not that you're changing something, but the, first, the point is that you're doing something significant with electricity. So since what you're doing by walking from here to shul, or from shul home, even though the bars, you have more bars for your, your, uh, your, cellular, uh, your cellular reception here as opposed to there, you're not doing anything significant with that electricity, so that would not be considered to be a problem. Um, you could add the svar of the Magamish. The Magamish says that when it comes to psikresha, where you're doing something and something else ends up happening, when it comes to tikkun mana, maybe for tikkun mana, psikresha isn't enough. You have to actually be mechavin for the tikkun. In other words, if the whole point is that you're doing the uh, tikkun, if it's a psikresha and you're not intending for that, for that tikkun, maybe that won't constitute, um, constitute tikkun mana at all. That's a beautiful story that the Magyar Mishnah suggests, and that, that's, that svara would apply to very uh, common questions. If you're walking and the light flips on, goes on because you walked by a motion sensor. So here, if we assume the issue is only an issue of Makkah and we assume that you're walking home from Shul, your goal is not to turn on light, it's just psikoresha light ends up turning on. So since you're not mechavin for that tikkun that occurred, maybe that's not called tikkun manas. That's a beautiful svara that in Mishnah could you be used to be makal. However, Shatta points out, we don't really paskin like that, uh, like that, uh, like that, Makin Mishnah. So we'll have to look for some other svaras. Let's go, we'll, we'll come back to that Nakuda a little bit in, in two minutes, but let's now go to the final shiro that we'll go through in this, in this uh, Chazara, and that's the applications of all the electricity issues that we just learned about to Rabbi Packer's shiro about the security and hotel doors and automatic toilets and the like. Let's first talk about standing in front of a camera that all shuls, uh, that many shuls nowadays now. So standing in front of a camera is an issue of Kosev, and that is because Ramos says that Kosev does not just include writing letters, but it includes making pictures as well. So when you stand in front of a camera, you're causing your picture to be projected onto the screen, and that would be Kosev. So the question is, do we consider this to be a Kosev on a Daraisa level or not? So here you have Ramosha who talks about taking a, a parochas that's split in half, and opening the prochas, closing the prochas, and he says there that in order to be considered kosev, the letters have to be fastened onto the medium, meaning every time that you have letter writing, you have a medium, and then you have the ksiva that's onto the medium, onto the tablet. So it could be that in the case of a screen, you don't really have the fastening of, yes, the, the letters appear on the medium, on the tablet, on the screen, but there's no adhesion, or there's no adherence, so there's no fastening of those letters too. Apply, applying of those letters to the medium. Um, the screen, the, the, the letters are not embedded into the surface of the screen. And uh, the best example for this is like when you have a shadow or a mirror reflecting whatever is opposite the mirror. No one's going to say that that's cosave because the letters aren't attached to the screen. So maybe a screen would not be ksiva in that sense of the word. We have a different issue, and that is maybe you're being co-saved the information onto the hard drive or the memory of the uh, of the unit, of the phone or the screen, or not the screen, but of the phone or the or the brains of the computer. Um, so here we have Yerushalmi that might uh, that might come to shed light on this issue, and that is the, Yerushalmi speaks of a person who sent writes something with invisible ink, and then the recipient pours something on top of it to make the letters appear. In other words the first person just puts the potential there, and the other person does a maisa to make that which was in, injected to be accessible. So the halacha is, the second guy is chayev, and the first guy is, is not chayev. So if that means, if we apply that logic here, so the one who injects the information into the brains of the computer might not be chayev, but the one who would retrieve it might decipher it, that might be a problem. So that would mean that putting it into... Put writing in a way that requires a unique means to decipher that writing 
the injecting, the putting the information there, putting the picture on the screen would not be considered a co-save. So therefore, onto hard drives would also not be considered a co-save. So we said that it's not co-save Daraisa certainly on the screen, it's not co-save Daraisa into the hard drive or the memory, but there could still be the different issue. And that is the issue of boner or slash makabipatish, meaning until now this CD or this hard drive was blank or was not significant, and by you putting this information into the hard drive or into the CD or whatever the, you're inf- saving the information, that's giving it a meaningfulness, that's giving meaning and chashivas and worth to the uh, item that you're injecting the information into. So maybe the saving, the act of saving that makes the permanent change, the permanent record, that might be considered maybe some sort of makabipatish. That could be a certain issue to discuss. Now, when we talk about other kinds, that, that's as far as computer screens. Let's move on to another point, and that's far, as far as you go to a hotel, and they have automatic sinks and automatic toilets, automatic doors to open hotels and hospitals. So here, the opening of a door or a flushing of a toilet or, a, or water in a sink is clearly not malacha in and of itself. There's only the question of electricity. Um, and the question is, are you, is, what is electricity? So again, we're going to have all the different shitas that we had in terms of the Chazanish, or Vashur Weiss, or Salman Zaman, or is it Molit, or Shechter's opinion, if we assume that the Isra is going to be like, like the Chazanish, that the use of electricity, the creating of the circuit, the harnessing of electricity itself is the Raisa, so there's going to be very little room to maneuver. If, however, we assume like the others, who assume that it's, uh, I'm sorry, that's Chazanish and Vashur Weiss also, he's assuming that's Makam Patish, but if we assume like the others, then it's only going to be an Isidra Banan, there will be much more room to, uh, to uh, maneuver. Now, we could argue, perhaps, that if we assume that electricity is only Durabanan, then what would happen in all the situations where it's a psikration? I Meaning you're walking, and there's a, a light goes on. And you don't really care about the light, so it's a darshan miskaven. You don't really, uh, it, I'm sorry, it's a psikration shalonichole. So what happens if you put together the issue of psikresha, which normally is also Daraisa, and the fact that it's a lo and the fact that um, it's only this Adraban to speak of, because let's say, again, we're talking about, uh, let's assume that electricity is on Adraban. So you have, what would be the halacha of a psikresha de lo Well, there's one opinion who says it's mutter, we're machmir. What about a psikresha on Adraban? There is an opinion of the Chavis Hadash who says it's mutter, but again, we don't accept that either. So we don't accept that those who are mekel, the Shemesh is mekel by Psikresha and Dorabana. We don't accept the Aruch who is mekel by Psikresha Dolonichalei. But what happens if you have a Psikresha Dolonichalei on a Dorabanan? So here, there's a lambdas that says that maybe, even if you're machmer on each one independently, when you have both together, there could be room to be mekel. Why is that? Because there's a svara that there's a lambdas that we have in Psikresha, two different ways to look at Psikresha, and if you have maybe we could put these two together to make a modern time. What are the two svaras? Psikresha is normally asadaraisa, uh, either because the fact that you know it will definitely happen means that you had malacha for the second malacha. Meaning, that, I'm sorry, that you had kavana. If I know that if I do A, B will definitely happen, that means I am having kavana for B. That's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is since my maisa causes my Maisa A causes B. It says, though, B was my Maisa. What's the Nafkamina? The Nafkamina is if it's a Psik Resha, the So since it's Lonichale, you don't have the Kavana aspect. Oh, and if it's also Drabanan, you don't have the, we don't consider it to be that it's a Maisa, because it's only a Drabanan. So it's not a Maisa, it's not a real Maisa. So therefore, if you have a Psik Resha, the on a Drabanan, so it's, not a, it's neither a Maisa nor is it Kavana, and therefore neither of the Svaras of Psik Resha should apply. And it should end up being mutter. That would be a good sad lahaka. Um There is a concern that when you walk into a building, uh, or you flush a toilet, or you make the water go on by the automatic sink, that Rosh Hashanah raises. And the clearest example would be when you open a fridge, we typically assume opening the fridge door and the light goes on, that's only a psik ratio, right? That's what we assume. But Rosh Hashanah suggests no. If the way you turn the light on in the fridge is by opening the door, so you, when you open the door, it's not that MMA list, something else happened, the light went on. That is how, how you turn on the light. And therefore, it might be even worse than a psik ratio. It might be malacha mamish. And therefore, according to this understanding of Rosh Hashanah, when you walk into a building or when you go to a toilet, the way you flush this toilet, the way you open these uh, hotel doors or these lobby doors, is by walking through, walking in, in through the uh, their their uh, motion zone, 
and therefore maybe it won't be considered psikresh. It's actually, that's how you open it. But most uh, posts do not assume like that and do assume that it is only a psikresha, which will have whatever clues will suggest. Now, let's talk, finish off with the, you know, the issue of walking with a light sensor. So, if I walk down the hall and there's a sensor that notices my movement and therefore turns on the light, so this could be likened on somewhat to a Rashba. The Rashba says the following, that let's say there's a deer caught in the room, so of course you're not allowed to catch a deer, you're not allowed to lock the door, but let's say you are mechaven, let's say you go into the room and you, uh, and you, uh, you're not, again, you're not trying to trap the deer, but you walk into a room, and as you walk in the room, you want to uh, close the door, and you once you're doing it, you say, you know what, I have in mind to trap the deer. So the Rashi, believe it or not, actually says that's mutter. Um, so some say that's only because of tzad, maybe tzad is different, but the Rashi is cited to say that maybe the svar here is because, even though you did a maisa, but the psikresh, the result, is not near your action. You did an action here, and something else happened over there, that animal was nitzot over there in the other part of the room, that is not considered a psikresh that you're held accountable for. So, so too, you, again, even though we don't accept this rash, but that could be a tziruf when you're dealing with a drabbar. In any way, that if I do a mice over here, and there's a psikresh, and something happens over there, that's not, uh, that could be a tziruf l'hakil in questions of, of, um, is my, is a psikresh of its time to me. I wish you all had slacha, and thank you for listening.